1: The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation
2: and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised.
3: Earnestly Speaking Podcast coming to you along with a uh, full friend of the podcast. It's been quite a while. I, I would say about from no a mistake three years joshua jacobs editor-in-chief of, uh, of joshua the press what's up bud how you doing man been a while buddy be, it's funny we've been trying to get back together and doing this podcast um for a while and uh schedules man
1: i know no it definitely i hmm, has it been i think it might have been almost four years maybe over four years man winter no, 2018 i, I, I think
3: well, I think the the pod if I'm not mistaken, the pod we did was in I believe it was in January or February twenty nineteen. Could be. Yeah. So still, so, so it's close to four years though. Three and a half years. How's yeah. everything going? How's everything going with the pandemic with you? Or how's everything going in general?
1: Good man. Don't you see I'm wearing a basketball hall of fame shirt.
3: Is that a a particular this is a regular Hall of Fame shirt? Nothing uh special?
1: I got it I got it. I was up in uh Springfield. I took I took my ah. Uh, we took uh, we took some 8th grade students up from the Bronx all the way up to Springfield Massachusetts. It's, it's pretty cool.
3: Nice. I I still, I, I had to go up there. That's I, I still one of my bucket lists to go up to uh to Boston in Massachusetts and just kind of do some like, you know, walking around there.
1: Yeah, well, you you're going to the from Boston to Springfield is probably like an hour drive. Springfield's in like southern Mass on the border of Connecticut. Right. But yeah, right. you got to do both, man.
3: I definitely got to I got I, I got to do that and I got to go, I got to go to Fenway also, too. Yeah,
1: I went to to Fenway when I was a camper one summer when I was 12, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and I
1: didn't really quite appreciate the mystique of it. It was just a game, and there wasn't nearly as much cool stuff um, at the baseball park as there is now. Like, now it's so family-friendly. Like, you know, you don't even have to watch the game. You just watch your kid doing something, you know?
3: Right, right. Oh it was an airplane and then went Yeah, so so thank you. So
1: I am I am actually currently in the backyard of the back deck of my dad's house on Long Island. Mm-hmm. He uh, lives incredibly close to JFK Airport. I remember when we were kids in elementary school, we'd be playing outside and we would legit like have a tennis ball or one of those blue bouncy balls and try yeah. and throw it as high as we could to see if we could hit the uh, the plane. And some kids really came close. It was incredible. You know those right. blue bouncy balls where you play Peg and Suicide? Yeah. <laughs> That's how you make the kids tough. Yeah, you were in New York for that, weren't you? I don't know if they do that. Uh, uh,
3: well, I was in New York until so I was like age 9, so I left, I left at 89. 89. We're about oh. the same age, though, right? We're about the same age, right? Or close to it? I just turned 41. I was on 42.
1: Yeah, what's your birthday? So. May 1st. Hey, May 1st. May 4th would be cooler, but May 1st is good. Mine is July yeah, of 6th.
3: Okay, okay. Okay,
1: July. So just 6th. Re- you
3: just, re- you just re- for one last month,
1: then. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, the the running joke used to be I I shared my birthday with two very prominent people. One person was the former president of the United States, who led us in the war on terror. Who would that be, Ernest? The George W. Yep, and the other one was uh the Dalai Lama. Oh wow. Yeah, but that's not as cool anymore. Bush is out of the picture. No one's paying attention to the Dalai Lama. So now I'll say I share the same birthday as Pal Gasol. He's a year older than me and Kevin Hart.
3: Oh, oh, oh I mean, well, well I, I, Paul Gasol was relevant. At, I mean, he's still fairly relevant. But, I mean, Kevin Hart definitely still relevant.
1: Him it, and Rock it, are funny
3: it, as hell, though, I'll say that.
1: Yeah, Kevin Rock. I mean, should we funny. dive right in? It makes me think right now. I'm sure you've read that. That Rock has no interest in, like, having a conversation with uh, – with Will Smith, he's like, he needs to work out his own stuff. I'm good.
2: Mm, mm.
3: Um, we can go all over the place here, man, but you, you, you do have a new a Substack. Um, you, I do. You, know what, you went from WordPress to Substack. Um, I've had a Substack for two years, but I haven't really used it much. I, I, I did write a little bit in the first, like, few months of having it, and then I just, like, you know, writing for me is, like, a, it feels like a chore. I love writing, but it's the hardest thing for me to do because of the fact that I don't have time to do it. Podcasting is so much easier. I guess could just come in, give me an hour, go back out. Writing, it takes – you have to really mold and sit and, you know, but I'm really trying to I'm, – I'm really considering getting back into it a little bit, but, uh, you know, Substack, that's, that's what the press. Um, really enjoying it, too, recently, too. You've been really – you've been consistent, actually, with this one um, the last couple months, you know, talking about, obviously, basketball, talking about politics, what the, the current events is going on. You've been
1: very vocal on there. Thank you. I. uh you know, I, um, there was, well, we can discuss about the whole writing process Yeah. in a little bit, but it's just kind of interesting because I always talked about, and you mentioned it to me, dude, why don't you start a podcast? And I'm like, oh yeah, I should maybe do it. And now it's like, I've just been so exclusively focused on, on writing that I'm not, I would say, yeah, I want to start a podcast, but I haven't done any of the work to orient myself towards doing that so it's sort of like
3: well quick sidebar real quick though on the podcast because i remember when i first uh, met you like what was it maybe five years ago and i think you told me that you were still uploading the podcast on your on your on your
1: ipad or ipod I, oh like, i should have but, it let me you're still me doing that you know you know what i do i have if you want to wait a second what i have is so here's my phone i legit have like a little phone like from back in the day 2008 that i just keep my podcast on so I upgraded it. It's almost like a second phone.
3: Okay, so you, you, you put your pockets on a separate. Why you just put your pockets on the phone? On your, on your, on your current phone I, anyway.
1: Much up. I don't want to do that. I,
3: I, okay, you've you, you got to explain this to me. What what, what What's the logic of it? I, 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 I don't understand that.
1: You don't. Oh. I should have brought it out. If I, I, I should have known that you were going to ask me about it. I can literally <laughs> run inside and get it and just show. No, it's it to okay. No, That's okay. No phone. big deal.
3: Is this, I'm surprised. You know, you'll make it as convenient as possible to yourself. Like, okay, it's on my phone right there. Boom. I just,
1: you know what it is? It's kind of like I like that it's separate. Like, if I'm listening to a podcast, I don't want someone calling interrupting it. I don't want. That makes sense. Um, it's like having an iPad in a sense. Yeah, it's like it's like a tiny iPad. Like I don't, right. I don't want those interruptions. I want it exclusively for that, so I can like look through that. You know. It's... No, I I, I get
3: you're saying. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. That it, it, it makes sense. Though. I'm not saying the convenience of like, okay, so are you able? Do you, you don't have to still go on a computer? And no, a game, I right? don't. I know. Okay. I
1: used to do that. That's what I did. It's upgraded. It's that part was like,
2: like cool. weird. Yeah, that yeah, was.
1: You're right. When I used to do that, that was that was almost that was uh like. In some ways, I, I'm like a low key luddite because certain things, like new technology, yeah. just takes a while for me to get. Like I, my first iPhone wasn't until May of 2017, and now that I have an iPhone, I can never go back.
3: You see, Apple yeah, sucks you win,
1: man. Like, and also, I remember I was sending, I legit was scanning a document I needed to send to someone, and I legit just sent it through my Google Drive on my phone. And I, I was in a rush, and I was out with my dad, and I'm just like, all right, let me just do it. We're in a diner. Because usually I would literally, like, scan it and then, like, save it to the drive, and then I went open in the drive until I was on my computer and then email it. But there I just did it. And I'm just like, we forget how incredible technology is sometimes.
3: I won't lie to you, man. I've, I, I sometimes feel priced out oh, or aged out of technology. Like, I'm someone that's always been fairly with it with technology and whatnot. But the last couple of years, I've started to notice that certain things have come in down come down the pike. Like I'm like, what is this? How does this work? This kind of thing. Uh, even apps like you—you you heard of Discord, right? Discord. Yeah, you know. Uh... Don't know, don't <laughs> so, know how to use it. Don't know how to use well, it. Well, this
1: is—it's funny you say that because I was actually thinking about um, TikTok, and I'm like, do you have a TikTok, Ernest?
3: That too, also. I I do have a TikTok. I never use it to curate content. I'm thinking about using it in the future. Um, but I've never actually created content there. But that's something. That's actually a topic on my, on my podcast recently. I, I think my last solo solo I did, I discussed that. You know, talk about like, should I use it going forward? Should I not use it? So I'm I'm actually at like a, at, a, at a crossroads now with technology now about things because right now I'm, I'm still relying on the on the the try and true, the YouTube's and the Twitters and the Facebooks and you know and, and Instagram to an extent, but TikTok is bigger. TikTok is the TikTok is the now.
1: Uh, for young people, definitely. Um, it's funny you say that because I have an Instagram and I I don't use it. Maybe I posted three years ago and I don't really know how to use it. And it, it probably could benefit me from promoting my blog. Um, I still use Facebook quite a bit, even though that's like for old people now. Um, but Instagram, I'm definitely not utilizing. Twitter is really weird. I like posted a tweet on Twitter, um, the CNN article about like how John Roberts, um, how them coming out. Mm-hmm. How the leaking, how the story being leaked of Roe v. Wade being overturned—that actually boxed Roberts in, because if that wasn't leaked, Roberts might have been able to turn someone like Kavanaugh. And I posted that, and I said, reading this tells me that I feel as if, from reading this, the evidence indicates overwhelmingly that it was either Clarence Thomas or Samuel Alito who who leaked this. Okay. Um, well, just just from what I see, and it makes sense. Like, why would liberals leak it? It hurt them. And I tweeted that, and I posted on Facebook. No one commented on Facebook, but I literally had, like, eight retweets and 25 likes, and, like, people ignore my Twitter, and this one was, like, incredible. But then even in the Facebook political chat groups, um, yeah, like, the abortion debate has has literally brought back, like, old Facebook where you're, like, debating and stuff. But you know what I have used to promote my my Substack and my writings is Reddit. You
2: said something you know, about Reddit. you know I
3: I actually do you know it's funny I was never part of the whole Reddit thing back in the day, um only in the last like year or so I've started to kind of like get into Reddit again I, I wasn't really into it but I've started getting into Reddit a little bit because a lot of like shows and podcasts and whatnot, they they have this these fan groups I'm kind of interested into so I, I go in there just kind of do a little deep dives here and there you know it, it, it's it's not that bad actually.
0: more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckyland play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary Void you prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: okay
1: I, it feels kind of like old facebook we it does. Talking.
2: It
0: does. And it but does.
1: also, it's really weird how there's like this whole karma thing. So mm-hmm. it's almost as if the like, karma is almost designed where if you're a dick on Reddit, you're right. going to get negative karma. So it's right. like weird how it has it like policing itself and stuff. I mean, like, da-
3: like, down, like downvotes and stuff like that.
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah. there's certain restrictions in that. Um, I have found that a time suck, too. There was a point where I didn't realize with Reddit that everything I post is so easy for people to find. Like, you could literally look at my profile and be like, yo, you're just spamming your story everywhere. Like, one was, like, an NBA story about Kevin Durant, and yeah. I literally joined every single NBA team's Reddit and posted right. the Kevin Durant story. And I got banned, banned from a couple of them. I uh, don't like it. Yeah, a lot of them don't the like Spanish. that. But I, I didn't realize at the time when I was spammed, and, like, I was in a writing group, and I was getting in arguments with people, and they were downvoting me. So the next thing I know is I joined this, like, free karma group, and I must have spent, like, good two, three hours one night on there just trying to recruit my karma. And I was playing ping pong with this guy almost where I'm like, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. Karma for you. No, karma for you. And it's, like, an artificial way to bring up your karma. Anybody that really follows Reddit and does it will totally get what I'm saying. Everyone else would be like, <laughs> what the hell is this karma?
3: I got to be honest with you, though. Know, I don't really enjoy Facebook much anymore. Like, I, I I enjoy it for, like, okay, families there whatnot. And, yeah, I, I place my, my, my work there. I place my whatever I write or podcast there. But it doesn't get much like traction on there. To be honest with you, at least in my opinion, you know, I, I feel like I get more traction on Twitter, more traction on Instagram, and I, and I feel like Facebook has been, been aged out. I feel like Facebook now has become, you know, passé, if you will.
1: You get you get more traction on uh on Instagram, really?
3: I feel like I do because at least with the, with the links, I, I actually post links on there. I'll occasionally put a clip of the show on there to, you know, and I'll just put it on there and let people like just like it or you know, respond to it. I feel like it's more. That's more positive. I don't. Know, I. I feel like Facebook ever since. I, I honestly, this goes back to like the twenty sixteen election, and these companies and the companies selling out to other like, other companies, you know, for information and stuff. I feel like Facebook has been this really steady decline for the last like five years.
1: Uh, the algorithms are like totally messed up. They totally yeah. manipulate the algorithms. Did you ever see the movie? Um the social dilemma?
3: I still need to. I actually tried to watch it a couple of weeks ago and it's still not available on any any platform for free.
1: It's not on Netflix
3: anymore? No, it's not. You remember, so remember the day that you told me to to watch the up uh, uh uh thing and I and I yeah. you that when I, when I saw it had to be the very final day of it on the Did platform, you watch so it? I, I did watch it. I I made I sure I watched that. it. But, oh, I loved it. Well, I love those guys anyway. I've been following those guys a couple of years now. And I oh, I've really? actually I've really adopted, you know, a lot of the principles anyway, you know, for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, you were talking about how it's harder to be a minimalist when you're married with kids.
3: Yeah. It is. And it took my wife a little bit. And she, I'm not to say I'm not to say she's someone that's like a high maintenance person. She's not at all. Um but some of the things I was learning, you know, about like, you know, Kind of be, you know, more direct and more, you know, with, with things, you know, just trying to be a little more I've had the term to use with that but, you know, less is more kind of thing and all that. She she finally got that and she's she started really like she, the last couple months she's been like on like, on like a, a binge right now to like get rid of crap in the house that we've had for like a couple of years now that we've out of nowhere built up all this having kids, of course, you get all these things in the house and then you realize like all the shit we have in the house, we don't need it right now. That's almost like crap. We don't need, you know. So she's she's kind of kind on that on that spree now, where we want to get rid of, rid of all the crap in the house and stuff, and you know, <laughs> that's, her, that's her that's her that's her bag. Did you right watch
1: now. Minimalism with her?
3: No, I didn't watch with her. No, right. I, I I I I'm sure I'll find a home somewhere. And when 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 you find a home, I'll probably end up having to watch with me.
1: Oh, you guys are gonna buy a house soon.
3: No, 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 no. I'm saying that. Well, she she's opposed to buying a home at this point. That's 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 another. <laughs> that's another t- 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 conversation. Now. I, I I I'm I'm kind of with her on that one in some degree. I I like renting. There's some. There's, you know. I, I know. It's, it's kind of controversial to say that. Especially now with no. President there's Trump. a
1: freedom in that. You know who's really who's really big on renting. Who says you should always rent is uh, James Altucher.
3: Really? What's this what's yeah. his. What, Perspective James
1: Altucher is kind of like the kind of geekier version of Tim Ferriss.
3: Are you still on Tim Ferriss kick? Uh
1: what was the last Tim Ferriss podcast I listened to? There was one I listened to that was quite good. Um I can't remember it. I don't I don't listen quite as much. I don't I don't listen to Joe Rogan nearly as much either. I um,
3: Well, the, the thing with Rogan for me has been tough is the fact that and yeah, I do have Spotify. But all my content is on one place. I have to remember to go check Rogan on Spotify. And yeah, I, no, I, you're I, right. I have to remember that, you know. I, I you know,
1: I just, I just don't. Although Bill Simmons does stuff on Spotify too, though.
3: Yeah, but he's been, but he's one of the first ones to go, to go over there. Some of the, some of the, some of his uh, material on The Ringer is exclusive to Spotify, of course. Um, but his his main show is still all over the place. It's still anywhere.
1: You're right. It is. It's true yeah. about that. Um, but it's interesting you say that. So, so I guess we'll go back to the sub stack. Um, yeah. Two Are, you people,
3: doing Are you enjoying it
1: there? I, I am. Two people motivated me. One person is a direct friend. It's actually, um, my, <laughs> my older daughter's mother. She has a sub stack really bad taste and she was the one you got to switch it. It's really good. It's going to be great. And, uh, the person who I know we've had conversations about him before. Um, I learned about him on Bill Simmons' podcast, and then on Colin Coward's podcast, The Volume. And he makes guest appearances on Colin Coward's show every now and then. Is uh, Ethan Strutz?
3: Yeah, he's really he's he's really doing a a number on 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 Substack right now. He's been really really uh, a, a star there.
1: Well, you know what I did was I um, I heard him. And I was just like, wow. And I remember I had it in my wish list. His book, the the Victory Machine. Was mm-hmm. that what it is? I think it's called the Victory Machine. Yeah, I
3: think it's the one on Kevin Durant, right?
1: Yeah. And I read the book. I really liked the book. And then I like was just reading. Then like the next book I read was like his Substack because I was way behind. And I was right. reading like I don't know, like some of his stories. You know, his stories can be anywhere like. 10 20 minutes long you know what i mean they're like long right. pieces and sometimes it depends there's some nights i would read like four or five stories one night and uh then when i was done it's like you almost have to wean yourself off because it's like he's only you know coming out with one story a week or one story every 10 days right just like oh i mean he's doing more of the podcast thing and sometimes i'm like oh podcast i really like reading his stuff but some of his podcasts are really good
3: no, I really enjoyed his stuff. I, I was uh, – I, I to, so, so I, I wouldn't call myself a fan of his back in the day cause i know about him for years. Like, you know, you, I'm an NBA junkie, so obviously you get into the NBA junkie, and, and I've done some dabbling in NBA media for the years. So obviously you get to remember certain names, and I heard him be on ESPN for a little while. So, you know, e- Ethan Sherwood Sp- Strauss is always one of those names you keep, kept pulling around, you know. But, uh, you know, him doing his own thing. You know, it's funny, like, he, he's become a star in the sense where – but in a way where it's it's been kinda of like he's he took a chance on himself to do something, you know, that was so against norm of, of doing media. And from what he's he said, he's making more money now just doing it on his own than he would have been doing it with, with ESPN or the Athletic for that matter.
1: Well, he he's a really talented writer and he really is. he, he kinda of provides he provides an interesting angle that's like different, you know? Like he's coming mm-hmm. out with stuff talking about how um, the with the Walsh bombs, Wojnowski, he's like sharing agents with certain players which compromises how, much, how honest he is with his coverage. Yeah. And you kind of see it with ESPN altogether. It's like, all those guys seem like they're in agents' back pockets. They're like speaking for the players, this whole player empowerment. So, so Strauss is kind of thumbing his nose up being like, no, I don't think player empowerment is cool. I, I don't think it's good for the league. Like, he's saying what a lot of people think but are too scared to say.
2: Yeah, he's
3: been... I, people people will say polarizing I disagree with that I think it's just being honest And uh, he's being a bit more I mean you want to call him contrarian Fine be contrarian But I think he is You know I like folks I like people whether I agree or disagree with what they're saying Politically Socially you know whatever it may be I do like folks who Make you think Perspective And I feel like Ethan Strauss is that guy Like you know, you, you, of course, people are going to say, oh, so he's challenging thoughts on certain things that should be, you know, easy to just say yes or no. You know, he must be MAGA. He must be Republican, must be conservative. And that wh- that's just not necessarily true. You know, I and he, he, he reminds me of me in a lot of ways because I'm someone that while I, I'm pretty moderate when it comes to – we've discussed in the past about my, my political journey and all that. I'm a moderate. I, I've leaned left a lot more, especially socially. I, I, I'll go for far as say I'm, I'm a lot more. I'm p- p- very left socially, um, definitely more more to conserve more a little more conservative when it comes to like the, you know, I'm still a capitalist and all that. I believe in free markets and all that stuff, but i have also believe in common sense and I also believe in perspective. And I'm not someone that wants to be in a silo, you know. I in fact I'm the guy that I was telling my, telling my sister just a couple days ago. You know, I'm someone that. I actually, am the guy that people say, "Oh, well, you can't talk politics and religion." Oh, no, 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 no. Not only do I, I disagree with that, I mm-hmm. seek that out. I seek out people with the opposite of me. So I want to hear the perspective. I hear you. And this podcast is that. It is podcast is, is exactly that platform. You know, you know what what is the perspective on things? Now, obviously, if you're a racist on a bitch and you're and you're a hating on the bitch, you know, whatever that does different story. But people who have different different perspective because I still probably believe that. On basic principles of human beings, most people agree with each other, at least 75% of the time.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Even politically to some degree. On basics. On the basic fundamentals of life.
3: I, was, I would dare say three quarters of, of people in this country or in the world, for matter, agree with each other. It's A lot of is how we get there.
1: You're right. Um, I mean, another Substack star who I actually was following before I was even really aware of like what Substack actually was. I just was getting his emails. Was uh, Matt Taibbi Substack? I uh, I follow him too. Yeah, no, I um. So one of my most popular posts I ever wrote on Substack was the five books I gifted the most. Yeah, and one of the books on there was uh, Matt Taibbi's Hate Inc. Okay, which I thought was very good, and he just talks about how the media like just tears each other apart. Yeah, like he's talking to the point about how the media, like you're saying 75%, and I'm thinking Matt Taibbi right away. I'm like, well, Matt Taibbi would point out that the media's goal is to make sure that we're all divided against each other so we keep on watching the news. Right. No. And, and,
3: uh, and there's, there's, there's a there's a financial incentive to this stuff. On both sides. Not as Fox News, but MSNBC too. And CNN. You don't think CNN would love to have Trump back right now
1: in office? The you reason, think they the, would? They're the, in the, the toilet right now. The ratings are in the toilets. I know Dude. MSNBC plays it plays it up. Dude, CNN,
3: CNN was was hitting record profits when Trump, between the t- between the time Trump asked uh, decided to run for president, won the election twenty sixteen, and pretty much most of his most of his four years as as president, they were getting massive ratings. And how are their ratings now? Shitty. How's Fox Sh- News ratings? Fox, okay, so Fox News ratings are always good because. They're the only conserv- really mainstream conservative like platform in town. You know what I mean? Yeah, we say Newsmax and all those, but th- th- they're not mainstream.
1: But how come it has? Su- how come these stations have such an impact? When, in all honesty, like the most people that watch Fox News is like six million households.
3: Uh, it's more than that, I think. Honestly, but it's more than six million.
1: I mean, it's almost like how it's how it's aggregated and stuff. Though people, even people, but true. But I, but, but like,
3: but like. Somebody like Tucker Carlson gets like two million, three million viewers a night. I mean,
1: yeah, no but one, this you, is we're a country of three hundred million people. I understand that, but it's, they're still getting.
3: But like I said, the reason why Fox, I, I believe Fox News gets more, much bigger numbers than MSNBC and CNN is because they're the only cons- only conservative platform, mainstream platform out there. Whereas you have, I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, let's be real. CNN is left leaning. MSNBC is left-leaning. Fox, uh, not Fox, um, CBS is left-leaning. If not heavy left-leaning, at least slightly left. Who, who watches CBS? It's all cable news, though. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, but the point is, though, there's more of those on the left side, so they can, they kind of catalyze themselves in a sense. Whereas, Fox is the only conservative voice in town. Like, I don't in. You, got, you and have news to next. watch The
1: Social Dilemma. Even just rent yeah, it on Amazon to. Prime.
3: No, I, yeah, I I do. I, I actually meant to been to watch last week, and then I told you like, of course, uh, when I tried to, it was not there available.
2: So there's a lot of uh, stuff I'm working
3: down when I watch and stuff right now. But um, you know,
2: um,
1: uh, Ethan Strauss, and this is partially why I renewed my uh, HBO series. Um,
3: if
2: you're and if
1: if you want to talk about Winning Time, because I I literally just binge watch Winning Time. Yeah, I watched I,
3: it already. What do you think?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I re- I watched the first episode, and I've wrote. Um, I wrote a piece about how winning time isn't a winner in my mind, and I thought how it wasn't fair how they disparaged Jerry West, and I was reading the stuff and hearing what uh, Bob Ryan was saying, and um, I'm like, yeah, screw this show, whatever. And that first episode was kind of like whatever, but my buddy like responded to me, a good buddy who's like, very even-handed. He's not like a, a comic critic. He's like, I can't believe you would write that, and you only watch one episode. That's not really fair. And this is like a buddy that would not – it's not like that because I've had some people that literally have come after me for some of my pieces. Like always, I don't know if you get that though, but the people that give me the most feedback are the ones that want to give me negative feedback. Of course. I don't hear people calling me up. Hey, I love that. I mean, every once in a while you get it, but All whatever. Time. The negative memories stick with you a little longer. Of course. So my buddy saying this, he really had me pause because he's a very chill, even temper, cool guy, and he's like, and then I was talking to my cousin who doesn't even like basketball, and he's like, I love that show. And I'm just like, wow. So, you know, I'm a teacher off in the summer. I watched it. Um, it was good. It was really good. I Quincy Isaiah is like very captivating. Oh, he's so good. So good. You, you know? And but what I want to do now though is I want to reread Jeff Perlman's book on it. And I'm trying to gather information about like like Silver Screen, like reading the stories there about what did they get right in this episode, what did they get wrong. Because they took a lot of liberties on a lot of things. Absolutely. Um, but if, if it's capturing, you know, a common audience members, people that don't really care about basketball, who just have a cursory understanding of it. Like, you know, who LeBron James and Kevin Durant is. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, no, uh, I'm
3: with you. Um, but,
1: uh, I,
3: I, I binged it and, uh, I loved it. Like, did you? So
1: you didn't watch it week after week? You didn't, you didn't do that whole thing? No,
3: so I, I watched the pilot when first came out and then I got busy. The playoffs happened too, especially as well. So I fell behind. So when the season when the season ended, I just went and binged it in like one full swoop. Um, How many
1: days did you watch it? Then?
3: Well, once I got to like from episode two through like ten, probably two days.
1: I I didn't let three myself day, watch maybe, it. maybe maybe three days. I didn't let myself watch more than three episodes at a time. Hmm.
3: It's hard I to binge for me. It's hard to binge. I have the worst ADHD in the world. So for me to binge, it, it it's a lot of work.
2: <laughs> like right
3: um, now, for example, I, I I um I'm watching I'm watching Succession right now for example on HBO, which I love. I started the show a couple of years ago with my wife, and then we we watched the first two episodes and she said I'm done. I don't want to watch this anymore. And so I, so it became my show pretty much. But I didn't watch it again until recently. So what I did recently is that when I started early in July, I started over like in early July. And I had the goal to finish the entire series. Well, not the entire series, but at least where we're at now, season three. My goal was to finish it by the end of July. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm still in season two. The end of season two, but I'm still in season two. So my point is, I put my whole dribble there is that, you know, me and binging is not. It, it's. It's. It, I have the worst ADHD because, like, for me, content and following content and whether it's whether it's streaming. Podcasts or other things I'm into. It's it's tough. I'm overwhelmed no, I, with it.
1: I, you know what? I could probably count the number of shows that I've watched, like season after season, on less than two hands, over the years. Right. Um. I mean, if I go back, I think once streaming became popular and stuff, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I remember I watched. They stopped like midstream season two, I think, and. So I watched the first two seasons, and then I went away to the Peace Corps for two years. And then I remember, I don't know when it came back out, but I remember I kept on rewatching the first season with people. Like at the time, my older child's mother, we watched season one, part Mm -hmm. of season one. And then she's like, let's skip to season four and watch Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Because I already watched like seasons one through three, and then we finished at seasons four and five. Friday Night Lights, when my daughter was born, we binge-watched um, Breaking Bad. We used to watch together Orange is the New Black, although I when we that. separated...
3: I, I, I didn't never... finish it, though.
1: Yeah, no, what happened is once we separated, I didn't watch the last season. She told me it wasn't as good. And some people, you watch it with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: we watched Jessica Jones season one. She told me she watched season two. We watched Luke Cage season one. I don't know if she watched Daredevil with me season one, but I only stopped. I stopped after season one with Daredevil. Yeah. Um, one show I'm kind of ashamed to say I have not seen yet that I keep on saying for years I've wanted to watch, and you're probably going to be like, Josh, what's wrong with you, is The Wire.
3: Don't feel there, bad there, because there's there. that plane again. Yeah. Fast.
1: You know, there my my sister, when she had friends over and stuff, from because like, I live, like, really close to Queens, if, care right. I should say my dad does, when right. my sister had friends over from Eastern Long Island, like she had one friend who would like sit on the back, and he was amazed. And it was Saturday night, so there was like tons of planes coming through, and mm-hmm. he was like counting the minutes. He's like, "Oh my god! Every 13 minutes, there's a new plane going over your head. You get used to it." I <laughs> yeah. mean, to you, you're probably like, "What the hell is this?" I'm okay with it.
3: I, I my, one of my really good buddies, um, he's a he's a regular the podcast too, Eddie. He's in Pittsburgh. Um, he lives next door next to tra- uh, train tracks. We did a poc- We did a podcast last, actually a year ago this month, and um we were talking and all of a sudden we hear the trains come by. (laughs) So we we had to pause like a couple of seconds.
2: You have
1: amazing memory, you know, people. I do. It's cool. The thing is part of it too, though, is I get it because it's like, if you do something that you're really passionate about, you remember exactly when it kind of gives you like the demarcation. Like I think sports fans often have better memories because to me, like I started watching the NBA and I'm like you, I'm a diehard NBA. I love the NBA. You know I mean? Football. I still follow a little bit. I don't not as into it. And you, you, I remember before the podcast, you tell me to baseball. We can talk about it, too. Uh, if I'm around someone into baseball, i talk about the NBA. 91-92. 92 finals, Michael Jordan's three-pointers. So from, like, 92 on, I can name every NBA champion. Um, you know, I can remember a lot of the series and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, different, different kind of things happening. Um, I can name every MVP, every finals MVP. But, you mm. know, it gets, like, a little bit blurry in the 80s. You know there was always all this talk about how oh the last team to make four straight finals since the Miami Heat was the Celtics. Well right. before that the Lakers Magic Johnson the Lakers did it. No one talked about that. Like Magic was in the finals like his whole career. Yep. Like he missed what? Like three? Yeah, like, that's, that's incredible. Correct.
3: He went to, he went to nine finals in 12 years and won five of them.
1: I know, but that's incredible right there. Mm-hmm. But still, and this is what I think about now too. I don't know. I I know the the MJ versus LeBron de- debate is 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 old and tired though. But, it's
3: been old and tired since two thousand fifteen.
2: <laughs> but the thing
1: is, the thing is, the last the last team to three p since Michael Jordan did it twice was the Shaq Cole Lakers in the yeah. early two thousands. It hasn't yeah. happened again.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: we're around the same age. I mean, at the time when you when you saw the Bulls three p twice and the Lakers did it. You kind of thought, oh, okay, this is common in the NBA.
3: The Boers almost did it, though. They should have done it. Almost.
1: almost. Is three the and four years. Three and four years. Three and four years. And the that year that, and the
3: year they didn't do it was they had won seven, seven, three games.
1: Three and four years. Also, yeah. you could say that 2019, they could have three-peated, though. Yep. I mean, that was for them. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson doesn't go out. I mean, not even not even Kevin Durant. They could have come back from three, one, and won that thing. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi seemed like he was on his last legs.
3: So, so where would you rank that dynasty then, the Warriors dynasty? It is a dynasty for a record. Where would, where would you rank it? All time? Good, good question.
1: I don't like the Warriors, so I, I feel like I'm biased. You know what I mean? You, Wait, well, you,
3: uh, you, know, well, you, well, you don't like the Warriors? No. Why? You don't like Steph Curry?
1: I begrudgingly have grown to appreciate him more. I just felt as if during the whole time, those two seasons he won the MVPs, everybody was on the Steph train so much. But obviously, his his body of work consistently just getting better and better. But I don't know. It's like it's like when people zig, I want to zag. Yeah, I mean, you
3: know? I'm okay. I mean, I'm cool with that. But if sometimes what's obvious is obvious. Like when Michael Jordan was winning his titles in the '90s, like you know, now granted we were a lot younger back then, so we couldn't necessarily have the the mindset to understand, you know, the, the zag. But if someone's great, someone's great, and that's just what it is. No, I it's hate, absolutely. I hated though, dude. Josh, I hated the Bulls in the nineties. I hated them. I hated I'm a the huge Bulls.
1: Knicks fan too, but I didn't hate the, I, I hate
3: the Bulls. I hate the Bulls. I Hate the Bulls. I Hate Jordan. But I understood. Their... Not of, but well, you're a Heat fan. I'm a Heat fan exactly. But,
1: why but you hate I the did. In the 90s but I, do I did like.
3: Because I did like. I did like Ewing though. I did, I I I did like him. Ewing. I did like Ewing. I want Ewing in a ring. Um, but I recognize Jordan's greatness. He's the goat. There's, there's no debate about that for me.
1: How many times have you watched The Last Dance?
3: Just one time. Um, that's it. Yeah, one time. But i but I but I've, you know, I, I, I know everything. I know this. most of those stories I'm pretty much familiar with, though. To be honest. Are you? Well, I the Jordan Rules. I, I own the Jordan Rules book for years. Did you read? Sure.
1: Uh, did you read Playing for Keeps? David is Playing for I, I, Keeps. I have. I have. I've I read it. Yet, but I, I own that book. That, that 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 also was in my piece with Matt Taibbi. There are five books I get to the most. That's one. Of oh the wow. Books.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. Um, the guy that wrote the Jordan Rules, Sam, Sam Smith, has yeah. been on this podcast multiple times already. You oh know, god, so I can't yeah. believe I
1: I, forgive me, man. I feel like I feel like a schmuck for not seeing that. It Was years ago. It was like about 2014, 15. That's you know. incredible. I, you know, Sam Smith. He he did a really good. I couldn't believe. Like sometimes things you don't realize you discover till later. But like you know, when Colin Coward had the Volume Podcast, like I was yeah. late to learning it. I'm like, oh my god, look at this treasure chest of episodes. And I think I heard Sam Smith interviewed by. Uh, Colin Cowherd on there and Sam Smith was like Zach Levine is a better player than uh, than um, than Booker and I'm like what
2: All right
3: that noise you feel me just saying You hey there oh, don't tell me I lost you again don't tell me I lost you again there you are there you are <laughs> All
2: right,
3: Booker, what's
1: Book Devin Booker? Thank you, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Maybe that closes his name there. Is Zach Levine <laughs> better than Devin Booker? No, he's not. Yeah, no. that seemed like such a homer that, take. Zach by, by, uh, Levine, no, Zach Levine.
3: Yeah, I mean, Sarah Smith also writes for Bulls. dot com, so there you go.
1: He still writes for Bulls. dot com.
3: I haven't checked recently. I don't that's a couple years ago he did. Uh, Pre COVID, I, 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 there's I a man.
1: there's a documentary on HBO. I wanna I wanna watch. What's that? Uh, and, and uh, Ethan Shaw talks about it all the time, about this guy who's like a power broker in the NBA, but he's doing it from prison.
3: I heard about that documentary, actually.
1: Yeah, that was another reason why I re-upped on HBO, but then we just started talking about Winning Time. I want to watch that. I really H-
3: want to watch that. HBO, like I, I, we already said in my household, like if if you can only keep two streaming services in the house, HBO one of the two we're keeping. So. Really? Of course. HBO and Peacock. And well, only, I actually, And it's only because of WWE, that's right. Really i was works.
1: ready i was ready to give up hbo but the thing is i'm on hulu and they these next six months and they're giving me such a sweetheart of a deal on hulu like they find ways to keep you
3: they do so like it's funny you said that. i have and I, I, it's funny i i i actually did a breakdown on this on my podcast on this podcast like a couple of weeks ago so balancing stream services for example so i have hulu as well too but i pay $40 a month because i have hulu and hbo in a bundle and then I added Showtime recently, too, as well, for like $4 a month for the for next six months. So I'm paying forty dollars a month right now for all three right now.
1: Do you have uh, Disney Plus? I have to. I have two kids. Yeah, do you Did you notice that they have all these ESPN 30 for 30s on there now, though?
3: I, I didn't notice that. I, I, I rarely ever go on Disney Plus. The kids use it. I don't really use it that much. My, oh they my, have a
1: ton there was <laughs> this is another show i always find myself liking like random sh- uh, sports shows i did watch that season of the mighty ducks on uh, on uh on disney plus okay yeah that's cool that was i mean it's a, ch- a kiddie show there was another kiddie show i once saw the kicks or something mm-hmm. on amazon prime right and it's about like this girl soccer team high school soccer team how they move from connecticut to california and Season one left you on a cliffhanger, and I looked it up. I'm like, where the heck is season two? And they, it's like they discontinued it. <laughs> you
3: know? No, I, so- I do. I do have it though. I, but I don't. I I'll be remiss if I said I, I watch it for myself as much. I don't watch it for myself hardly. I, I I've, if anything, I'm, I'm an HBO nut. Um, I'm Peacock mainly because WWE. Um, How old are your kids? Uh, nine and five.
1: Oh yeah, so a little older. My my girls are eight and two, so okay. Sometimes we'll just we'll we'll flick on Luca. Yeah. Actually, we haven't watched Luca in a while. But mm-hmm. we find a go-to movie. Sing Two is now the go-to movie. In my I need house to watch of.
3: Sing Two. I, I love the first the first Sing. Sing oh, awesome. you
1: will love Sing Two. Sing Two is great. Yeah, I I I need to see it. I need to see, see it. See, that's that's it. like yeah. another idea I have. So I wanna I wanna write another piece about like the best kids movies I've watched since like 2014,
3: 2015. Well, right now number one for me is uh, Moana.
1: Really, I've got my little one loves Moana now, but yeah. I'm a little bit, partially because she looks like Moana, but you know, yeah, a little bit tired of it, you
3: know. Of course, See, we, I mean, we'll play it. My my kids like to overplay things, then they get it out of style, and then they we move on to the next thing, you know what I mean? They like Maui, huh? Oh, they, they love Maui, but they all still love Maui, they, they, they love all that. I mean, it's, it's been a little while now because they, they kind of got out of that a little bit now. They're getting older now. They're diversifying a little bit. Um, they're actually getting to the older stuff now, like they're getting to Chip and and Ducktales and. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: this is another thing. This is always great. Like when I'm doing stuff around the house, my little daughter on Disney Plus, she actually likes The Simpsons. Really? You know what it is? She's someone that really likes to observe people and stuff. Like she's someone like you. You know how like kids are? They're very different. Like my older daughter she wanted to dominate the tv so she didn't always have the ipad when she was little so it's like she wanted stuff on the tv like Sophia the first was on all the time certain movies she's still obsessed with zootopia to this day but my little daughter she doesn't care as much i mean she loves sing too but she's more into like getting into things like if she sees like a bunch of stuff on the kitchen table she'll want to crawl on the kitchen table and like knock it all off
3: you know i actually remember the first time i had in a podcast back in 2017 and I think your older daughter was had, like, a fit at the end of the show. Yeah,
1: you know what happened was this is where co-parenting sometimes complicated because I right. had that day cleared for you, and I was yeah. off that day. And next thing you know, my older daughter is at my house that morning, and her mom's like, uh, you got to take her. I'm like, you know, you can't give me the morning? And I guess you know who won that one.
3: Yeah, so, <laughs> no, we, we at least still got 45 minutes of, of contact in it, which is good.
1: I think it was like 33, and then you played like 12 minutes of a punk rock song.
3: No, not true. Not at all.
1: <laughs> no, really? True. No, no, I
3: gotta look that up. I don't remember. No, 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 no. I, no, I, we, 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 we actually allowed it. What, what, what I did is that whenever you would uh, stop talking, I would mute your mic real quick so I could, when it wouldn't cut through. I'm talking. Then once you were talking, I, I would unmute your mic so you can talk. But 10 minutes, we got about 10 minutes of extra, of uh, extra content, and then like she kept yelling, saying, "I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta take everything." It's like, "Okay, no problem, no problem," Cause, but, but I, I can relate, though, because that entire episode, I was holding my then one year old.
2: I not, remember he, that. No, no, no. He, was no. he, that.
3: My, my, he wasn't even one year old. He was still like five or six months.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was holding him in my arms meantime, I, too. Because so. I was asking him, I'm like, what is that breathing, that labored breathing? You're like, oh, that's just my song. Yeah. His baby's, said,
3: yeah. I, dude, listen, you, you, you <laughs> I, I remember those days. I mean, today, now, even today, he'll, I mean, right now he's asleep, but he can a minute walk out of his room and pop into his room right now. It's happened so many times. What, your like, older yeah,
1: son like, sleeps through the night, the little one doesn't?
3: Yeah. The older most sleeps through the night. Yeah.
1: I know. Uh, isn't it a cool scene? Let me interact. They're the best friends now, right? So that, was that? Your your, bro, your sons are best friends now, aren't they? Oh, God. Oh, my God. They're, they're tight. Yeah, that's what that's what I see with my girls. Like, now my, my little one, she knows how to play fight with my older one. It's yeah, like the most uh, hilarious and, thing and in that's the world. All they,
3: that's all they do. Like, they, they're, they're best friends but then they get sick of each other and then they love each other. They of each other. They love each other. And like, it's like, those well, that's the, the, the circle. And, and, and as as a father, I want to see that. I, I want my kids to be close because I, I mean, I, I am close to my siblings. The, to my, my siblings, some degree else too. some degree, not all of them. Like I'm, I, I, you know, I'm close to, to my sisters, you know, how many siblings my, you have? Well, okay. So my mom and dad would never got married. We never got married. So they had me, whatever. So I have on my my mom's side, now obviously they all haves, you know, obviously, but we don't we don't do that. So
1: I know, on my mom's black, side, black families don't do that.
3: I know. Yeah, either you're, you're in, your out. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we have I have two brothers, one sister on my mom's side. On my dad's side, I have one brother, one sister.
0: that's chumbacasino.com. dot com. No purchase necessary. Dw void we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's cool though. Yeah. So you're
1: the only creation of, of both your parents. Yeah. I funny though, know, in 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 retrospect, I kinda like that. I know, that's it's I stand, cool. I I stand mean, out. there's advantages. You know, you know my my, my my the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and my older daughter kind of on her mo- on her mom's side of the family, like has two brothers now. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you know, well, two stepbrothers, but two brothers. They even say, oh, that's my sister. And she has a little sister for me. And it's like for six years she was an only child. And now next thing you know, she has these two brothers, one older one, like pretty much her age, and a little sister. And then my little one, when she's with her mom, she's the only child. She's like totally doted on by her, which is awesome. But still, she has like the totally only child baby. And I'm like, I always say to her mom, I'm like, listen, She's the baby when she's with me, but at the same time, she's has another sister too. So, like you know, she, she has to share the pie,
2: you know. Right, right. Like
1: it's different, even though even though she's, and you know, I let Ava know that's my older one. Ava know, being like, hey, that's your that's your baby sister. You're gonna look out for. You can't do these these things and stuff. But at the same time, they got to learn how to share. Yeah. So same it's sort of like with- she she lives in like two worlds. Well, Ava is like her world was just completely rocked at six, where she has to share everywhere.
3: Right. How, how was how was it going through a, a pandemic with uh, young kids? Because it was challenging for my. End, I'll say that right now.
1: Stressful. Uh, Ella, Ella's the little one. She was literally born three weeks before the pandemic hit. And then my Ava's mom got long COVID. She was sick for a long time. You know, right. no one knew anything. I was just isolated with Ava for a long time, so I didn't get to see Ella much at first, and that put a real uh, strain on my relationship with Ella's mom and. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess we weren't ever ever really able to fully bounce back from that.
2: Right.
1: So it it is what it is. But it was very stressful. Um, I was actually just thinking, uh, this is. I well, mean, yeah, I guess last summer things were coming back to normal, but this is like the most relaxing summer I've had in mm-hmm. in years. Right. Partially, I'm not taking classes, but also, you know, 2020, everyone didn't know what the heck was going on. 2021 was a readjustment for me, at least. But now it's like to see my girls a little older, seeing them interact like another thing. And I was saying that to my dad, too, is that like when you're a single child and you're bored, you're really bored. But when you have a sibling and you're sitting around and you presumably are bored, you're bored with someone else. And it's not boring at all. Like last Saturday, I was in the park with my daughters for like three hours. And there would be times where they would play with each other and then they would do their own thing. And then they would play with each other. So it's like any like lag time. Usually they'd be like, "All right, I want to go." If they're there by themselves, but now like a lag time, they would just find each other and play with each other, and then they would go back to doing like their own thing.
3: Yeah, make sense? Uh, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, my kids, uh, mainly my oldest one, it in it, it, the, the most. He's a my oldest son is a, is an extrovert. He is. He's out there. He's a very friendly friendly kid, likes to be around people. So Sounds like you. Yeah, he him and I are the same pretty much. So him him being stuck and doing virtual schooling for about a year or so was not good. It was not good. His his grades suffered for a little while too, especially. His focus wasn't there. Um he has ADHD, obviously, that's like me. So it it was one of those things where like it honestly took us getting COVID in early twenty twenty one, January twenty twenty one, to say, you know what? We done all we had to, could do we went wearing masks we back, you know what all this stuff and we, we still got, got sick so back to school and his grades got better you know i i mean not to get political here neither too though, but it had been tough also being in new york and you know the at least from where where I'm standing at the laws and the kind of how the rules were in new york for, at, at the highest point of a pandemic um... being so strict.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting that I actually, some of my earlier pieces, I wrote about that, about okay. how, like, this was the first school year, like, the actual school year post-pandemic where everyone's back to school. Yeah. Um, and how, because I taught 2021, you know, the pandemic school year. I was teaching. It was a hybrid model. So I would have kids. They would, how did it work? forgetting now. so in some ways, the distance from it is good. So, I would that's have good, yeah. kids that would come. Yeah, that's what they did. So, one group, cohort A came on Tuesday Wednesdays. Cohort okay. B came Thursday Fridays, and then they alternated Mondays. <laughs> Especially when there was a break. Right. Mondays were always screwed up. There would always be a random kid from the wrong cohort there. And sometimes, the assistant principal would let the kid just stay. Oh, okay. You can sit in the class or just sit in my office, whatever. The teacher doesn't want you there. You know, but only like 40 percent of the kids opted for the hybrid model. They're in school. I would still say on average only two days a week because literally we didn't start the school year till October. And then Thanksgiving time, we shut down again. We were remote. Through this the is the February. past year
3: or the year before that? Yeah,
1: the, the year before, the February okay. break. This year, this year was just a regular school year. Okay, good. You know. We were just encouraging kids to get vaccinated and stuff. And like, what started to happen was, is that school trips were happening, and some kids couldn't go if they weren't vaccinated. That was the greatest motivator for kids to get vaccinated. I mean, we don't have to discuss the the merits of vaccination. There's some guy on Substack I always see his post, too. I'm, pro, I'm,
3: I'm pro-vax. I mean, I had questions early on, but no. You but know. it's
1: interesting because there's a guy, there's a guy like on Substack, and he writes all the time about how he finds vaccines kind of like ridiculous and everything. Different things I heard. This is where, and forgive me for zigging. I'll come back to it, though. But this is, like, where, like, I was just saying, I don't listen to Joe Rogan as much. Uh, there's another guy in Substack who wrote a, an amazing piece on Joe Rogan, just talking about just, like, who Joe Rogan is and this attention he's attracting. It's Freddie DeBoer. We'll talk about Freddie DeBoer in a minute. I know you right. heard of him. He was on Ethan Strauss' podcast earlier. But anyway, um, so I'm not really a fan of Joe Rogan, but if Joe Rogan has someone I'm interested in, I'm going to listen to it. Like the most recent Joe Rogan episode I listened to was Ryan Holiday. Big fan of okay. Ryan Holiday now. That's who I'm really into. So Ryan Holiday kind of replaced Tim Ferriss for me. As like that kind of podcast, like the lifestyle kind of spiritual. Well, he's more like into stoicism and stuff, ancient stoicism. But okay. I learned about him through Tim Ferriss. You know, Tim Ferriss, you know, we talked about a lifestyle podcast. But but Ryan Holiday is, is good stuff. But anyway, so going back, getting lost in my thoughts now. Um, what was the last thing I said before that? Forgive me. You right got to get me man. on the podcast earlier, man, because I get tired this time. Of I night. would
3: love to, man. If I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, though. Here's here's a, the good part about my kids. Now it might be tough for you because you go, you teach and stuff, but my kids going to school. Both my, now, now, my youngest going to kindergarten next week, especially. I get I get more space in the, in the daytime now to do to do podcasts. Well, oh, well, anyway,
1: that's right. You know, I forget that the school year starts so. So really, everywhere yeah. else but New York. Next Wednesday. Oh, okay. So now that's what I was saying. So I'm going back. You reminded me. So we were we were shut down from, and I teach middle school, we were shut down from Thanksgiving till after February break.
2: Right.
1: That was a long time. The that's elementary schools, I know, three, three months. months. Three, three months, mean, was yeah. Breaks. So that's what I'm saying, even though, like, I guess, presumably three, two and a half days a week, kids were yeah. only getting, like, two days a week. They were only getting 40% in learning because we had all those interruptions. So this is where you could say policy kind of messed things up, because we could have gone back to school earlier than after February break, but the reason we didn't is because New York did not have enough testing capacity. Because there was a requirement to do random testing for kids once they got right. back into schools and stuff. And they just didn't they just didn't have the manpower to do enough testing. So they said, Okay, we're not we're not gonna send the older kids back until after everyone else, even though the cases were low, there just was an inability to send them back.
2: Okay. Or an, okay. I should
1: say like an inability in the sense because of the policies in New York, like the unwillingness. Um
3: your honest opinion, though, on how New York handled COVID, what, what, what's your opinion on that? Do you, do you think they handled it okay, they, poorly? How, how do you feel about it?
1: I, I feel like it made sense to shut the world down from March through the school year because at that mm-hmm. point we knew so little. Um, and it's kind of hard to say because there was someone in my community who literally got COVID like February of this past year, just before like the vaccines became mainstream. And apparently, this woman didn't work in the, the New York City Department of Education. She worked in the suburbs. They were more strict about giving teachers uh, medical excuses not to be there to teach remote. And she caught COVID and died. So
2: okay.
1: it's it's hard, like, playing, playing, playing Monday morning quarterback, when we knew so little, people you still saw. Because there was different variants. Like, this Omicron, it seems as if, Part of me wonders, this is where I wonder, and I'm glad I got vaccinated, I got dosed, but I got COVID at the very end of the school year, <laughs> beginning of July, like just before my birthday, and I rewatched uh, The Last Dance. And um, it's like, my understanding was, is that the vaccines aren't necessarily protecting you from the Omicron variant. And I think maybe variants are different in, in different parts of the country. Like New York had some kind of nasty kind of COVID. Mm-hmm seem that way um i mean i guess every state does it the way they want to and i once got into a debate with a teacher about it where she said this is why i think the power should be with the states not the federal government that's what you're seeing with an abortion debate right now um i mean mean, there
3: there there is an argument for that though too though different states have different priorities and different states have different you know you know in terms of like obviously new york being very much inflated with you know pop you know pop uh people there in Florida too and California too and the priorities in California aren't the same in Nebraska, you know, the same
1: priorities in Texas aren't the same in Kansas. Let me tell you, actually, it's very interesting because around the winter time I was interviewing to do this. This was like a national tutoring company. So they would offer either online tutoring and in-person tutoring. Right. And they said to me as a New Yorker, they're like, are you comfortable going to someone's home and tutoring them if they're not vaccinated? I said, it's fine. It's not really my business whether they're vaccinated or not. I'm vaccinated. They don't want to be vaccinated. I, I would still go in there. I didn't have yeah, to take right, a yeah. job for different reasons. Um, so New York, apparently that was a typical answer for New Yorker.
2: Right.
1: It's fine. If I'm going to, as a teacher. Yeah. Okay. Because teachers are, were pretty much required to get vaccinated. And unless they left their job, they got vaccinated. Um, a couple teachers, I did know that left. But most of them did. Like, even if they waited to the last minute. Um So they did, and that was the typical answer in New York. In the state of California, they asked, hey, are you okay with going to someone's home who's not vaccinated? Almost all the tutors there said, absolutely not. I'm not going to work for you if I have to do that. Right. The state of Texas, it was the opposite. I think they said, are you vaccinated? And most of the teachers were like, no, and I'm not going to. (laughs) So it's kind of like New York was kind of the in-between between, like, the one right. extreme of California, the other extreme of Texas. That probably does not surprise you.
3: And, and, and again, I'm, everybody that that's a podcast knows my, my 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 feelings and everything. Like, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's up to you. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not for the federal government. You know, forcing you to do something you don't want to do. Your people have different reasons of doing things they want to do. I get it. You know, I I people ask my opinion. You know, and, and, and if you have questions, of course, like I said, if you have questions, you go see a doctor. Don't go. Don't. Don't get your advice from for, for, for some, for some geek on YouTube. That no, you're right. Okay, but That's but my then, issue.
2: Well, down
1: to my head, I would say that um, I, don't, I don't know how they could have done it. Uh, maybe – I think that the hybrid model was smart, but I just think they should require required everyone to do the hybrid model because right. we had it equipped where we were saying, okay, there's only 15 kids allowed in a class. So the max class is 30 kids, so, so half in, half out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that was sufficient, but the thing is what happened was some kids still opted out, so you know one class would have eleven kids another class would have eight kids. two kids are absent that day. that's only like six kids in the class you know right so weird it's it's a very small environment I'm, I'm quite
3: know? amazed that we're we're out of that now like i how we survived that honestly well i' quite there's amazing. a new
1: fear I don't know if you're in Florida New York there's a new fear of this next this monkey box coming out. I know so little about it, but you know and um. So the other podcast I listened to of Joe Rogan's most recent was Michael Osterholm. Michael Osterholm, Dr. Michael oh, he's Osterholm. a regular there.
3: He goes to all the time actually on that show. He's been there a went, few times. I he think he's been, been, there been on there
1: twice. Yeah, before, uh, this time, ago, yeah. I, I think he was – I think Rogan was guilty to put him on this last time because Rogan gave us elaborate apology about how he didn't realize how influential he was in the anti-vax community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, he brought him on. And Osterholm was the one – I used to be really high on Osterholm thinking he's such a truth teller, but – He's not like Fauci, where he's in that government position, but uh-huh. his university gets a lot of government funding. Okay. So so it was an interesting podcast with Joe Rogan, actually, because he was actually more honest about it, saying how he gave an example. He said, because before he was someone that was saying, there's no evidence this came from a lab, known whatsoever. He's one of those people that said it. And on Rogan's podcast, he said, honestly, I don't know. He said, he said, China is never going to,
2: China is never
1: never going to allow us to go into their facilities to see what was up. But he's like, for example, the headquarters of the CDC is in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's say there's a big malaria outbreak in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, what the heck's going on? Are we going to let foreign countries come in and investigate the CDC in America? Right. Yeah, like we're not. You know what I mean? So he said, Well, yeah, of course, like it would be great. Like we want to know what's going on with China, they're not gonna allow us to. So he's like kind of being more forthright. But what else he also said was was interesting. He was talked about like different vaccines provide more durable immunity, like I guess the Johnson and Johnson. I've heard things like some scary stories about more side effects, but apparently that provides more durable immunity long term. He okay. said that he said that when you get when you get COVID. Um, that's the equivalent of getting a dose. So it's like if you got two doses and you got COVID once, that's the equivalent of getting boosted.
3: So I, I had COVID,
2: uh-huh.
3: and, I, and I, I had COVID before, uh-huh. and I had the vaccine. I had two, 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 two uh, stabs of the vaccine.
1: Uh-huh.
3: So but I, no I booster, boosted. right? So no booster yet. No. Well, there you Not... go. In a
1: way, in a way, you were boosted because you had COVID.
3: Right. Not against to booster for the record. I'm just saying that I never. Just no, time I understand saying it. that.
1: I mean, because I'm like thinking about it. They might be providing this booster later, and I'm like, I already got COVID. I'm like, I'm like four times now, four times protected.
3: Plus, um, I hate. I, plus, I hate needles.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I I really hate needles, dude. <laughs> but the thing is,
1: at the same time, you have you have people that had long COVID. Like Ava's mom had long COVID. Like she had a lot of COVID in her. She was sick for like two months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's like these long haulers. Like people react differently to it and stuff. You know. Yeah. But I, I kind of wish that we stuck, that the hybrid model was actually a real hybrid model where kids didn't necessarily were able to just to opt out. But one teacher raised a point to me. She said, and you probably understand this, having your two sons there, but some of these middle schoolers in particular, they originally signed up for hybrid. And right. then mom and dad were like, uh, you know what? Your little brother and little sister, they're home all these days. I can't rely on you not being there, so you're gonna do full remote so you can watch your little brother and little sister. Right. Like, like free healthcare and stuff. But mm-hmm. that was not that wasn't good for them. It really wasn't. I mean the seventh grade class I taught this past year, there was one class in particular, like ninety percent of them like were fully remote all year and it's like they had the majority of fifth graders it's like they never finished fifth grade. Right. Like the the gaps in learning is really like people say, like there was an article I think in the Atlantic Monthly saying how this was the, the policy decision on remote learning was as big of a disaster as the Iraq war decision. Some people right. really push back. They found that very controversial. But I'm like, that's an interesting take. I think there's something to that. And back to your point about, why I too am a fan of Ethan Charles, because Ethan Charles is willing to touch the third rail and have these kind of difficult conversations. A lot of other people are scared of, as is Matt Taibbi. Even though Matt Taibbi is Matt Taibbi, I mean he's you know the Gonzo journalist. This is yeah. this is what this is my breakdown of it. This is where, and I know you're an independent. I I I am self-identified Democrat. I, I just pick right. a side in a party. That doesn't mean that they're not above reproach though. This is the problem with MSNBC. Matt Taibbi is actually blackballed from MSNBC. Has he hasn't is been he? on there in years? Yeah, he's blackballed. He talked about it, but he's been on Fox News a couple times. Same thing with Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald is similar to Matt Taibbi. He's not as big a big fan of Glenn Greenwald, but he's interesting. I've heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast, or mm-hmm. I listen. I used to listen a little bit more to Matt Taibbi's podcast. This is what happens: is like with Glenn Greenwald and Matt Taibbi. They let's say they agree with the Democratic Party, the platform. MSNBC, all of them, on seven out of ten issues. Right. But they might vehemently agree with them on three out of ten issues. MSNBC's like, screw you. We don't want you. You're not – You're not. I can't stand not, that. I can't stand that. You're liberal. Well, this is what Fox News does, which is smart. But at the same time, maybe it's not always ethical. They'll just ignore the seven things they disagree with, Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald on, and they'll bring them on their show and just discuss those three issues and pretend those other issues don't exist.
3: Can I argue you, that Fox News is probably a little more fair and balanced? Not fair, but maybe more balanced in terms of like who's okay, going on okay, there. Okay, okay, this is
1: why th- thank you. This is my next point. Um <laughs> Some people say, and I've heard different arguments, cuz the 2020 election, I had a good buddy that um he's a he's a journalist. He's a good buddy. He lives up in New England somewhere. He does right. he won't he'd be mad if I if I called him out, whatever. If he ever listened to this. He lives in New England somewhere and uh his 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 Longtime girlfriend slash wife, um, never voted, but she was mo- motivated enough to vote in 2020 because she couldn't stand Trump enough. Okay, kind of reminds me of your wife because I think you told me your wife used to be very apolitical, but Trump kind of turned on.
3: She the for- kept the she always kept a one foot in, like she was going on, but she was never really heavily into like the day to day stuff until like no, 2016.
1: I got you. So anyway, 2020. So so his wife voted for the first time her whole life in 2020 because she felt like we had to get rid of Trump. She said to, to my friend, she said, listen, if you vote for Trump, we cannot be together. So you know what he opted to do? What's that? He stayed home.
3: He didn't vote?
1: Yeah, he said, I don't want there to be any evidence. I'd rather just stay home. Right. I thought that was beautiful. That shows his love of his wife. I spoke to one friend about it, and she's like, that's terrible, people influencing it. It's like, what's family for if you can't influence how people vote? 2016, my dad was not a fan of Hillary Clinton. I got into a lot of arguments with him. Was I wasn't either, though,
3: but I still her.
1: Yeah, but he was sympathetic to Trump. There was something about him that he was kind of intrigued by. Right. But he promised me and swore up and down that instead of voting for either of them, he wrote in David Petraeus' name, General David Petraeus. I mean, that's a whole other story. I don't think he knew about David Petraeus, about how he, like, disappeared off the face of the earth because of espionage or right, some kind right. of affair with a spy. But still, he did that out of respect for me. Right. 2020 I took him to to vote and he's a little older now he needs help with things so I I kind of filled it in for him and my uncle was saying he wanted to perse- prosecute anybody who voted illegally. I'm like I'm like hey uncle why don't you send me to jail I I I I pretty much voted for my dad like it's a joke like busted his balls mm-hmm. you know and he just kind of laughed and it was whatever um he voted for Biden, my dad, this time. He, he okay. soured on Trump very quickly. in a way, he says he regretted Trump. And in a way, he wishes he wasn't sympathetic to him. You know, he kind of did a total turn. He was a little bit Trump sympathizer. So does so do, you, like,
3: do you think Donald Trump runs for president in
2: 2024?
0: Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Mm. I, Apparently- I, was a, I was a flat
3: no until like recently. Now well, I'm the thing is, I,
1: I think that I think that the thing is the reason why I hear the Republican Party. I mean, there's so much other problems with abortion. I, to me, I see abortion as a huge thing. I mean, if you saw what happened in Kansas yesterday, yeah, I saw that. these conservative voters, they voted down the, the amendment ban. So it might not even be that relevant, the political currents. But prior to abortion being outlawed in all these states, there was a fear among the Republican Party. Because many Republicans, I don't think they're comfortable with this. They, they preferred to have Roe v. Wade be the status quo while pretending it wasn't. Because mm-hmm. it's always easier to bash something until you actually have to, like, govern. You know what I mean? Right. So I I think their fear was is that Trump was going to declare a run for presidency prior to the midterms. And the reason why he would, ru- would declare his running is because when you're running for president, it's much harder to, like, persecute you, prosecute you. Right. Like, apparently, you have protections almost as if, like, as a real presidential candidate. Um. The Democratic Party got smart, though. I mean, there's even talk about how, like, Joe Biden, for example, now is – he's now mentioning Trump's name all the time. Like, the Democrats, they're running on pro-abortion now, and they're running against Trump again. And that's a smart – that's a smart
3: flag. It's it's smart, but it's also the – also kind of like the bat signal, too, because prior to the gun issue recently, all the the tragedy and all that stuff, and obviously Roeby Wade leak that came out in May – the, the 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 talk of the town was that democrats in in the midterm are, are going to get fucking crushed. And now they may still get crushed, but with these newer issues now coming to light now. Is, I don't they, I don't think
1: it, they're going to get crushed. They they might very well lose the house. They're still favored to lose the house. Right. Um they're favored to win the senate. They're probably going to win some governor seats. I don't think they're crushed. They might lose the house though. Um but back to my point though. So do you remember when Doug Jones won the election in Alabama? Because he ran against a pedophile. Yeah. Remember that,
3: 2018. that oh,
1: 2018? Oh, that was 2018?
3: Yeah, it was Roy War.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that was probably. And I remember the tax cut bill was passed, and my dad was happy about that. That was probably the last of my dad being in his conservative mood. My dad was someone that always went back and forth, he identified as a Reagan Democrat. You vote Democrat one term, Republican another term, Republican. If I was Republican.
3: old enough, I, if I was old enough, I honestly would probably have been in, in that
1: same.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: Thing. The the Reagan Democrat. I'll raise another point. But I remember the night Doug Jones won. This is why Fox News is 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 I mean, there's is sort of assortment of reasons. But I remember it's the biggest news on Facebook. I mean my dad was active on Facebook then. He was posting stuff that Newt Gingrich was saying on Fox News that night. And I looked at Fox News, I'm like, this is what's happening here? And I'm like, this is crazy. Fox News totally ignored that race. This is why Fox News is not fair and balanced, because they'll just ignore stuff. They won't even acknowledge it. Well, like, at least MSNBC, while well, they might blackball someone like Matt Taibbi, they'll, like, report stuff that's actually happening. You know?
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: you know what's funny? Take a look at this this letter, like you said. It fa- this says famous quotes. I guess we're not going to do this video, but it says famous quotes from Reagan. Oh, wow. <laughs> Republican elephant. That's funny. So, that's funny right here.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So I, didn't, I didn't know this. I just found this lighter randomly. Because, um, go
3: ahead, go ahead. And I will, I will, but, no, but seconds. to
1: your point. So anyway, so now instead, I remember Chuck T- Todd said this shortly after the 2016 election. He said, you have – this was 2016, so obviously the current changed all the time. But right after the election, the diagnosis was is you had a lot of Obama-Trump voters and the one state that was the epitome of the Obama-Trump voters was the state of Iowa. Iowa, 97% white. Obama, Obama won Iowa both terms by 4 percentage points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Trump won in 2016 by, like, 4 percentage points. I believe he won in 2020, and obviously the calculus changed, but in 2016, people were making this calculus of the, of the Obama-Trump voter, which is kind of similar to, like, your Reagan Democrat.
2: Right.
1: So, um, I... Uh, Nate Silver, I don't really listen to their podcast much, but I like the diagnosis there. And I remember the 2016 election. I was listening to a podcast, and they asked him to make a prediction, and he said hard pass. And it was almost as if he had a feeling. This was like a few days before where he had a feeling that Trump was going to lose. And when I heard him speaking about the 2020 election, he said it's possible Trump could win, but it's going to be harder. So in 2016, he said Trump had a 30% chance of winning. In 2020, he had a 10% chance of winning. Wow. Some would say the reason why the Democrats almost lost the House in 2020 was because of the whole defund the police um thing. They're bad so at messaging, people... dude. They're bad
3: yeah. at messaging. Even, even Obama said it himself. They're bad on messaging. They're so oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. You don't know how to read a room. They don't. They're, they're horrible at that, and this is why they lose all these lean right or slightly left voters. Who, you know, I, I think the issue, and this is where I think. Ultimately, it will come down to where Joe Biden will run for re-election. You know, this, this these mentors are going to say a lot. You know, while you do have, you know, the, the gun You think issue, Joe Biden
1: will run for re-election?
3: I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. He, he shouldn't. I opinion. think
1: that's a more interesting question than Trump running or not. Because Trump's running to save his ass. While well, 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 Biden, him, him running or not, it's like, who do the Democrats have?
3: Well, well, that's the question. Who do you have? But here's the problem, though. Who's in charge right now? His, his I mean, his approval rating is in the fucking tank right now. That's be real. Even Democrats are not happy with Joe Biden. You get what I'm saying?
2: Well, he's,
1: he's racking up some wins right now, though.
3: Okay. Well, again, I think November we're, we're going to see how November rolls around. How that November, well, November should dictate how the Democrats move forward. Well,
1: the thing is, no one's paying attention now until after Labor Day Then you'll start to see. You'll start to have a real prognosis. So, the is I'm saying now, I could be completely wrong. But um they they're they're starting to use um McConnell's playbook, which is better.
3: But you're but, right though. You're right though what you said though about you know the Democrats, you know, you know what you just said there was was correct. Um I, I just I just don't know again What did I in, say? It? Inflation is correct. Was, um no, I just I just lost I just lost train of thought. By the
1: way, I like your background. You would almost think that you were Thank in you. New York with your brother.
3: Well, because I am a New Yorker. I'm from Brooklyn. Come on now, you know this.
1: But you're not <laughs> in New York in the moment. I no,
3: think. but I am. I'm I'm in spirit, of course. You know. Of course. Um, you were saying that the record, the record of wins and whatnot, and you know people don't care until yeah. I agree with you saying there. The problem is, is inflation still a thing? See if if if, if inflation. And gas prices, which yeah, it's coming down a little bit now. That's good news. It's coming down. I saw three twenty five in, in my area today. You know, if that wasn't a thing, I would agree with you that Democrats can still perform well in November, and then they can actually end up actually uh, Biden probably could get, could quite get clearance to run for reelection. But because inflation is still a thing, is why I'm I'm, I'm skeptical of of November, and ultimately. November will decide how, how how Joe Biden whether he'll run for an election, and you the, the, the so? problem the problem is I I don't know who he put up though if, if if he if he pulls the LBJ and says I'm not gonna run I'm gonna run for an election who do he put up?
1: I'm oh, are so not a fan of Harris.
3: Put but, but who's Kamala's? No, I'm not. Never, never, but to be fair, never have been. Never have been.
1: I mean, I don't know. No comment. I once got a lot of blowback. I wrote. I made a comment in December twenty twenty. I'm like, "Oh, way to go, Biden! Biden picked the prosecutor," and people got really mad at me. And they're like, "They're like, you're going to blow the election for us." I'm like, "I have a thousand friends on Facebook. I'm not sure that what I'm saying is going to blow the election for the Democrats." But okay,
2: right.
1: um, So then I wrote a piece. This was one of my last. Among my last WordPress piece, it was pretty good, actually, and it was called How I Can Be a Democrat and Simultaneously Criticize Them. I felt like all this kind of, you know, rallying around them and stuff and not like pointing out what they did wrong. You know what was, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but are you a fan of, um, who is that guy, Uh, Wasby? Wasby Lambert? He's often,
3: I know I know of him. He's
1: been on Bill Simmons shows quite a bit quite a few times. He goes he, on on uh, Ethan Strauss a, quite a bit also. He's a he's a basketball guy though, right? Yeah, he like yeah. trashed Obama like crazy. When today, recently? No, like on his most recent podcast. I guess he's been on on Eden Strauss's twice and both times Obama came up. And he's like, I don't know why people love him. He's a sacred cow, but he's like he was trashing him. He's like, How did how did Obama get funding for, for that Chicago library? That was from Jeff Bezos, you know? all that money there and Amazon, how oh, wow. Amazon gets all this passed. I mean...
3: Is Wasby a, a Democrat or a, a liberal?
1: I think he's probably left of the Democratic Party.
3: Well, he's, a, he's a leftist then.
1: I mean... I think he's kind of outside the system. I think he talks a lot about... Just like the corruption of politics in general. I didn't realize he was that into it. I probably should go back and listen to more of it. It's yeah, like...
3: he's a. I, yeah, he's um. I know, I know, I know, I know who he is. The, the big waz. I, I I just never actually invested into his actual work, so I can You did. You, you
1: haven't heard of him on Bill Simmons though. I'll be honest, with you, dude. I I've cooled off
3: on Simmons a lot the last couple of years.
2: Really? I
3: really, I really have. Like Definitely. even 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 for the pandemic, I, I I cooled off on him a little bit. Like I still listen once in a while, but it's one of those things where like. Have the mood to listen to him? And, and what I've done to a lot of these podcasts, a lot of these bigger podcasts, there's so much shows I want to listen to. I'll go on, t- on on YouTube and I'll watch the shows on, on shorter clips as opposed to like. Watching
1: yeah, clips. you know that's what I do with uh, with Cowherd, like Cowherd's. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, I'll, Cowherd too. sometimes I'll listen to. I listen to his clips. You know who else I like? You. That's what it like. YouTube's become so much more. So it's sort of like. Dude,
3: it's, it's 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 so much more now. In fact, that I I actually pay for YouTube now. YouTube Premium. Because I want Are you serious? To... Yeah. I do. Is yeah, that I, worth it? For me, it is because I, I I I'm on there all the time, so it's worth. it. So you don't get all these ads and stuff. No, I get no ads at all. Wow. No ads, and not only that. Let's say I'm I'm playing music or a podcast in the background. If I shut my phone off, like shut it off, like you know, it's still on, of course. But if I shut it off to where you no know, to the, to the back of the screen, it still plays.
1: How much is that?
3: Uh, seventeen a month.
1: You know, I'm a I'm a member. Of my favorite um, political website is the Political Wire, PoliticalWire.com okay I pay, I pay pay fifty bucks a year to have no ads and not the exclusive content' they they give like editorials on there and stuff yeah but it, it, and so again, well and
3: if you are enjoying a product that you know like something like that, it's worth paying money for that
1: no hell yeah, but the thing is to me like okay, like I'll maybe read like i don't know ten to twenty minutes a day of political wire politics it keeps me up to speed i don't I don't yeah. follow politics like the way I used to I mean granted, it's kinda like you build up that muscle you just kind of maintain.
3: You know what it is, though, too, also, I think, cause, let's be real here, love or hate Donald Trump. He made you care <laughs> for five years. He made you care.
2: Uh, I
1: think people got a lot of whiplash from it. You Whatever. But he made movies. you care. My what wife cared.
3: A lot of people cared more about politics in, in 2016 through 2020 than they did before.
1: True. I mean, that's how Trump, Trump got elected. You're right. Yeah, Joe
3: Biden, Joe Biden was, I mean... The, the thing that Joe Biden accomplished, for one thing else, for me, that I like was he made that bo- he tur- America boring again. Yeah, he turned the noise down, he turned down the volume, or oh, as our, our mutual friend Matt McQueen would say, he kept the government in the background.
1: <laughs> so, uh, when was the last time you had Matt McQueen on? Or I spoke to him.
3: We were supposed to, be to do a podcast two weeks ago, and
1: uh, we should do we should do a tripod.
3: I would love. we were to. talking about we tra- doing that two years ago. You, yeah, and then, and then
1: and both of us backed out. He ended up doing it with his wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think schedules
3: got, got in the way, of course. Um, yeah, we were supposed to do one two weeks ago, and then um, I don't know my, I think my son had a rough night. He got sick, and so there was, was a lot going on there. I told him we we'll, we'll scheduled another one, another one. So hopefully soon. He's busy himself too. He's doing a lot of big things to himself.
1: No, I know he is. He he's, he seems like he's been very busy. Yeah. Um, that that's interesting you say that though. But to YouTube channels, um, my. For sports content, I mean, there's so many cool basketball YouTube channels out there. Incredible. you kidding Yeah.
2: Them.
1: Oh, I don't know if this was free, though, but one of the, one of Ethan Strauss's best pieces was on um, just talking about YouTube stars and how he said he was embarrassed, but he didn't know who Jimmy Highroller was. He's like, I was a freaking NBA reporter for years, and I don't know, like, the biggest NBA YouTube content producer, Jimmy Highroller. It's awesome. And then he talked about Mr. Beast. I had no idea who Mr. Beast was. This guy is a millionaire. This guy's like twenty four years old and he's been doing like YouTube videos since he was twelve. NBA stuff? No, Mr. What? Beast. He did uh he like remade this set of Squid Games. He like will say, Oh, and you're from Florida, you should know about this. He said, um, walk across this this little um this little area of like a river right here where it's like you have to you have to step on these crocodiles to the other side and you'll get fifty thousand dollars.
0: Okay. Like it's some crazy stuff. Wow.
1: Yeah, this was so interesting. You was just. Talking
0: I
3: think about it. I think like I've heard of him before in the past. And Mr.
1: Beast was on Joe Rogan too. He he was showing a clip from that also. That's another really cool thing. This is something that I really love about Substack that's different from WordPress is that you could literally Im- embed the YouTube clip in there and it just like pops up there. Okay. Like really neat. You know, like the whole, you know, even just trying like writing. Uh, a couple things, like even a short piece, whatever to get it back. Because, because honestly, when I saw your Substack, and I initially recommended your page, but I'm no offense, I'm not going to recommend a Substack that's not being used. Of course, you know? yeah,
3: no. Yeah. Although I'm going to be, I'm going to be using it now more going forward.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on. You're going to be on my
3: recommended yeah. page, and yeah, I hope you recommend I'm, I'm, me too. I will definitely. I'm, 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 but like I said, it, it, I'm trying to figure out what do I want to do in terms of content they want to make it like, like a regular blog they want to make it like well, a, you could
1: you could move your podcast onto there uh,
3: no i could um i probably won't but i um because i would have this i've had this home now for four years yeah
1: i understand that. year, that's something but, that's that's like different
3: but i could probably like, i, I maybe be utilize something different on it at some point on the road though maybe uh you know maybe uh uh if I, if I build an audience to a point where like i could do like private private podcasts and stuff like that you
1: know dan lebitard has a sub stack yep too.
3: i'm stunned I was stunned. I'm so happy. I, I mean,
1: I think he places it like some people are very strategic with their substack. Like someone like like
3: uh, see that's see that's my guy, Libertard. That's the I knew that's that the, that, that's the one sports show I listen to every single day, no matter what. Oh, you
1: listen to it every start day. to finish. Yeah, you gotta get I mean, him on your pod, dude.
3: Oh, I, I know he'll come on my pod though. But
1: that's that's like your uh, that's like your uh, he's like yeah. in, he's. Who else? Who, who are among the ones that are like, you know, like like three or five people that you're like, if you come on my pod, that would, like, make my year?
3: Levitard be one of course. Um, political, you know, not a lot not, not in sports, honestly, anymore. Like, only, the only two guys in sports I'm still dedicated to is, like, Levitard and Coward. So, anyway, so I was going to say that. So, for YouTube
1: channels, the people I like watching the clips for mm-hmm. the YouTube channels... Coward one, Dan Patrick two, and then a somewhat distant third is Rich Eisen. Okay. Um, who was your son? I,
3: I I still watch the I still watch the ESPN clips, like first day clips, especially if, if Mad Dogs on there. I too. mean,
1: they they jump out. You know what I mean? They're they're in my stream, so I'll watch them and stuff. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, like you know, um, Stephen A. Smith. I know he's like been out of commission for a while, but
2: he's yeah, like he's hurt he as
1: always as well. has like. One five minute rant a day that's like worth watching.
3: Oh, I, I look, I know people get t- sick of Stephen A. Smith, but he's still, he's still great to me. I'm sorry, I get Isn't it. it. I he's mean, entertaining, he's entertaining as hell.
1: Hell yeah, he's entertaining and stuff, you know. But uh, Le- I really like Lebetard's video, it was really interesting it was a video and an article where he was talking about Kyrie Irving, how we should give him a break. But it's like, what do you expect? You know, no one gives a circus a break, right? Exactly, it's kind of neat. Um, so before yeah, we- that, but. No, I was just saying, no, but that that's interesting. So going back to political figures, how do you like your governor of Florida, though?
2: So
3: I'll be honest. I've been saying this for the last two years now. I like how you handle COVID. I agree how you handle COVID. He wasn't as as much an idiot as Greg Abbott was in Texas. Um, but I wish he would go away from the culture wars.
1: Well, you realize florida is is going to be a very and maybe it hasn't come up yet going to be a very interesting test case for abortion because Florida has one of this is what I read my understanding I, I and I can try and find the article for you or the the link to it whatever right um Florida has like one of the highest per capita number of planned parenthood clinics. In a state in the country, it's like right up there with New York, California. Yeah, so it's very interesting what he's going to do because Florida. I know Florida almost seems like it's it's kind of kind of moving away from the toss up state. It's It's
3: weird, but that's the weird thing about Florida. And we'll we'll end the show here after this point here. Florida policy wise is moving progressive. We we got minimum wage raised last in the election in twenty twenty. $50 $50 an hour, that that got approved. We're right right now. We're recreational marijuana about to be, about to be medicinal pretty soon. So there's a lot of things that are pro- considered progressive, leaning issues that Florida is now moving towards to, but yet they still vote red locally. They still vote red for the for the state, and I, and I think that's much bigger than that's. The, I think the problem isn't necessarily a a liberal and conservative thing, I think the issue of the Democratic Party is has no presence anymore.
1: It has no presence? I mean...
3: In no. other words, the Democratic Party, I think there's people who have lost trust with the party that, you know, would vote Democrat normally because of the social issue, especially. But the, the, let's be real here. The Democrats have lost a, a chunk of the middle class. Not just in Florida, it's but serious.
1: nationally too. They become
3: I mean, a large part of an elitist party.
1: I mean, yeah, I can't really argue against that. But that is interesting what's going to happen there. You know, Dan Lebatar was on Ethan Charles' podcast recently, too.
3: And versa, Vice Versa.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah, I guess you, home, heard home, home. you heard
1: that you heard, you heard Lepit- one. I guess You heard Charles on Lebatar. I didn't hear that one. I, was
3: I, heard, listening- I, I heard Charles on the Lebatar one. I, I need to hear the other one now,
1: but i got to pay for it yeah I know. which
3: i which I might do i i, I may but
1: i find it that interesting I almost wonder like is it is it worth it to strauss to to have his his podcast behind a paywall like why doesn't he just get ads
3: maybe something he's concerned about because he'll 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 let he'll make some interviews and and uh podcasts available to to listeners and free subscribers and the other ones not i I, yeah. I don't know how he decides that.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Anyway, if you're going to if you're going to if we're going to wrap this up, you like you said you, you you mentioned my Substack. You can find me Josh Press Jakes on Substack or you could just look up on Substack Josh off the Press Josh Pressman Jacobs, Joshua Pressman Jacobs Substack. There's different ways you could find it and stuff though. But you know i uh I, I enjoyed being on on uh on, on your show today man this is this is a cool conversation it's
3: been
2: three but hopefully years, we man. can
1: do it again soon and do it more like earlier in the day when I'm not like
3: <sighs> yeah exactly i'm with you there <laughs> yeah. good job good job buddy